drink. I'm into that. Hashtag technology. Isn't that a miracle that you can just, you know, you don't have to write down in, with your scroll. If I wasn't on the <laughs> phone with you, I could fucking speech dictate it. Share your screen with me so I can see the notes. Okay. Up, up. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, What? Whoa. I can turn subtitles on? Wait, that's a thing? Speak. Hey, what's up? Is my voice... Oh my god, it came up! No way, that's fucking incredible! (laughs) Wow. Holy shit. Technology is insane! I don't like it. Too much. Oh, I love it! The computers are taking over! I turned it off. I don't... See, I love it. (laughs) I wish I... uh, What? Now, is that a phone feature or is that a Skype feature? No fucking clue. I clicked a button and it was like, allow incoming video, turn subtitles on, and I fucking did it. What? Just flipped. You flipped me screens, bruh. What? Oh my god, I can't believe that. <laughs> I like how we're just amazed by the the technology that has existed for years. What is up, you trolls? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the missing sock from the laundry, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is the empty roll of toilet paper, Matt. Matt, what is going on, man? Hey, fuck you. Why am I the empty toilet paper and not the sock? I don't know, because you're just you're just throwaway. That's what it is. Like people want to spend time looking for me, but everybody just wants to throw you. Technically, I'm more useful when I'm full of life and uh, fuck when off. You, when you get <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to put a spin on this that is going to be positive, but there's no <laughs> no, there's no positive. No, I mean, but I'm doing good, man. Nice I'm cool sh- fall weather up up yonder. So jealous. It was uh, Pennsylvania. Turns out now it's like a southern state now because it was 90 degrees today for no no reason whatsoever. It's funny, people here actually refer that as South. I'm like, that is not South. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, one of those Southern states. <laughs> Just because it's one state down. Yeah. It's amazing how much a, like a five-hour difference affects the, just the general climate. Yeah, five hours north matters. Yeah, because I've been actually, because I've been looking up, I might be moving to Rochester, so I've been looking up. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, hell yeah, that's going to be some life changes that are occurring because uh, Tyler's losing his job, so he needs to find another one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so moving to Rochester, the quality of life actually seems to be decent from what the internet said. And I can oh, really get down with your climate. True. I can really fuck with the climate in Rochester. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so uh, let's maybe maybe me and Matt might be neighbors. <laughs> we'll be living closer together than when we were actually living close together when we were children. Yeah. Which is so wild to me. Like a town and a half over. Not even a town and a half, a town over. Yeah, one entire town over. Just like I'm on one side of the town and then you go to the other side of the other town and that's where Matt was. <laughs> Gotta love that. Well, <laughs> we are we are really, really good at just getting completely off track immediately. Dude, I'm telling you, fuck the magic podcast. We just need to do a variety hour. We're just bullshit. You know what? It's screw it. We're just throwing everything out today. We're just doing for episode 20. Yeah, I think it's 20. Yeah, it's definitely episode 20. <laughs> for episode 20, it's not going to be magic related in the slightest. Eldraine is in the worst, worst uh, set ever. We have no shout outs. We have nothing else going on. Uh, we're just going to be talking about uh, our lives and how great they are. Let's do a dog podcast. We just have our dogs come in and we'll just play with them and it'll just be ASMR of dogs like growling and <laughs> playing with toys and shit like that. When I said dog podcast, it skyrocketed. He's I love down. that. Because <laughs> if, if people were around, they would be able to see that uh, your dog, because we're on Skype right now, your dog is sitting on your lap 
and your other dog is at your feet, and then my dog is sitting on the floor right next to me. Yeah, my dogs don't know what personal space is. No, and Budweiser, Bud, my dog is named Budweiser, uh, but he doesn't know personal space when it comes to uh, wanting to actually have attention because he will sit like on my face. Uh, but when he's like fucking off doing his own thing, he wants to be as far away from me as possible. Sounds like a fucking cat. He's got a lot of cat in him, turns out. Don't feel bad. I'll leave the cat. He'll lay on the back of my couch. Oh, that's what Bud does. He lays like directly when, at least during the day, because that's when the sun comes in that one window in my apartment. Bud will lay on the top of the couch and just stare out the window and look at just nature and just bask in the sunlight. Like it's to the point where the blinds that I had up in that window are were knocked down and fucked up. So I got new blinds and I just had to put them up during the day. Because he will knock them down, he will fuck them up, and I'll just have to buy new ones again. Just because he wants to lay in the sun and check out all the squirrels and birds and shit. Oh, he wants to watch the college students walk by. And then if the... I, I can't even tell you how many times I've been sitting here at my computer doing something. And, like, I'll be playing, like, Magic Arena. And he'll see a college student come by, and a college student will see him in the window. And then just stop and just stare at him. Because college students are absolutely enthralled by dogs. And they'll just have a staring contest. And then they'll like tap on the window and they don't see that I'm in here. They're just staring at Bud. And then I just peek my head around the corner and they're like, oh shit, there's a human being. What the fuck? Scare, scare the shit out of them. Yeah, I've scared multiple college students that live in my building because they didn't expect a human being to peek out of the window that the dog was sitting in. That's actually really funny. Oh, every time it's a riot. I, I've never had a time where it wasn't one of the funniest things that I've ever experienced. Scare the piss out of them. Hell yeah, that's what that, I mean, that is essentially my job is to put the fear into college. It's not that's a bad a, job to have. That's what I went to school for. And I mean, if you're going to do something, you got to do it well. So Don't even when I'm off it. the clock playing Magic Online, I still take every opportunity I can to scare college kids. <laughs> oh, don't kid yourself. You do that shit at work, too. Yeah, you're right. Well, even in my office, I'm the first person that I'm or at least the first like professional staff member that the students see as they walk in because my office has windows in the front of it. So they walk in, and the first thing they see is this big set of windows, and my dumb face peeking over computer, probably looking at like deck lists on like MTG Top Eight or something. It's actually really funny. Yeah, that's I, that's that's been my life up to this point. I, I can't I can't say it's really a particularly bad one. No, there's way worse off people. Holy yeah. shit, we are going off on a fucking real tangent. Yeah, this is a real boy tangent. Well, actually, um, I can remember in the past coming week or in the past few weeks. When students come in and they look at me, um, I'm not actually looking at decklist really that much anymore. What I'm looking at is all of the incredible fucking deals on FlipSideGaming.com. <laughs> that was smooth. God damn. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So if you want to also look at these incredible deals on FlipSideGaming.com, I highly recommend you go and check them out for the best deals you could possibly find on Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and supplies. And if at checkout you use code FETCH, you get 10% off of your order. So go buy your new Eldraine cards, because everybody wants them for standard. Shit, everybody wants them for modern and legacy, too. Like, those, some of these cards are bonkers, man. They're nuts. Yeah, little bananas. Yeah, turns out, uh, as long as Wizards going to be printing cards, uh, they're still going to be incredible cards coming out that we are going to lose our minds ever regardless of whether it's standard formats or modern horizons or commander or whatever like wizards has gotten to the point where it almost feels like they're just like fuck it power level it just doesn't matter if it's something fucked up we'll ban it 
We're just going to yeah. keep pushing the envelope. I'm cool with that, though. Well, that's kind of how you have to, because whenever you come out with a shitty set and it all sucks, it doesn't sell. Yeah. So they got to keep pushing the levels. New, yeah, you got to have some new hotness. Yeah, I mean, not not necessarily a bad thing. No. It is a bad thing when it just ruins a standard format or something comes out and it ruins a modern format, but... I could give a fuck if it ruins a standard format. And that's the thing, too. Sure, everybody had their nice little month of complaining that Hogak was the worst thing that's ever happened uh, to the world. Like, fucking World War One, fucking pales in comparison to compare to the printing of Hogak compared to fucking Magic Twitter. But it's fu- it's really funny to me, the people who bought Hogak at $40 and now it's sitting right around two, three bucks. Yeah, that's obviously I love that MTG finance aspect of it. That's why I just don't. I just don't just play just play white decks and or just play a deck that you know so well that when something comes out and you're like that's like clinically insane for that fucking deck and you buy it early and then all the people who are just want to play the best deck those are the guys who get screwed deck. guys and gals and yeah like because in between it gets fucking rocked by those yeah people were playing like bridgevine and dredge decks before then saw hogak and they were just like oh boy oh this is a spicy little toy and they pre-ordered it at like 50 cents and then when it skyrocketed, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my investment. Yeah, whenever like, people were like, oh, a $2 that's, investment. That's going to be good. Let's buy it now. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, magic cards that are, have been printed, Eldraine just had its pre-release this past weekend. Matt, you did not get an opportunity to play a uh, pre-release because you were uh, you were participating in uh, holy matrimony for other people, not yourself. Dose. Two weddings. That's a crazy weekend. Two weddings. Yeah, it's busy. That seems like one hell of a hangover, honestly. (laughs) No, I had to drive, so I really couldn't drink. Oh, so you, yeah, that sucks. First weddings in a while, that shithouse. Now, I see, I don't go to weddings to not drink. That's not the point. Normally, I would agree with you, and then you have to drive five hours. Yeah, I guess that puts a damper on things. Well, I mean, honestly, five hours is long enough that you can totally lose your buzz. Yeah, but I don't want to be buzzed driving. <laughs> no, I'm just, just totally kidding. Kids, do not drink and drive. It's <laughs> that, terrible. Don't that do was it. That was, that was 100% a joke. And don't don't listen to Tyler. He is an, an idiot. Yes, very much so an idiot. <laughs> but uh, also, uh, this weekend, I did not get to play Pearly Reese because I was working an open house for the college on Saturday. Um, I had intentions of doing a sunday one but then when i looked online for the times i realized that all of the sunday ones of the shop that i go to was uh two at a giant yeah yeah and i don't have any friends so i there's no way i could have like found somebody to go do a two at a giant one uh so i couldn't do a midnight one because work in the morning couldn't do a saturday one because work all day and could do a sunday one because i am a loner so that's kind of a bummer yeah i wanted to do it it looked fun adult well, adulting it, shit. the beauty of it is that uh, it is the year 2019 and technology has revolutionized the way that people play magic. So instead of having to go to a, sco- a store and play a sealed event, I just ran off a couple on Magic Arena, which Arena was, or MTGO. I ran it on Arena because of a topic that we're going to touch on a little bit later in the episode. I need to build up some some wild cards, uh, some other points for Magic Arena specifically. So I played it on Arena. Typically, I would probably play it on Magic Online just because that's my preferred method because uh, I'm just used to it more from Legacy and Modern and just the time that I've spent playing uh, Magic Online. And Magic Arena is in this weird place right now where uh, for some reason it's just chewing on people's 
uh, like CPUs. It's just crushing everybody's computers. Like it's super laggy. Uh, it just like takes forever to fire up, and there's like this big latency issue. I don't know. It's there's something going on behind the scenes with Arena that I'm not sure of what's what it exactly it is. Just some issue. I mean, they spent a lot of time making the game pretty, uh, but I don't know if they spent the same amount of time or at least enough time making sure that it's smooth and pretty. Because I would rather have an ugly game that works smooth than a pretty game that works like shit. And yeah. currently, Arena is more, unfortunately, is more on the side of a pretty game that works like shit. Looks nice, but doesn't fucking work, <clears throat> so it's useless. Yeah, I can't take away from the fact that it looks really nice. I mean, shit, I, I, I could design something, and I have no knowledge of that. I could design something that probably looks nice in the Magic, uh, that Magic Online, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I could train one of our dogs to to do that because it does not take much. Yeah, just some ones and zeros. But I did play some uh, sealed events on Magic Arena, and I did have a couple takeaways from from the events that I did play. Well, let's hear them. <clears throat> so first of all, uh, I think I played three of them. One of them, uh, the pool that I had was just one of the worst sealed pools I've ever had in my entire life. Like, all of my rares were the lands. I legitimately had three of the rare, like, castle. Ugh, that's garbage. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> that was one sealed pull. Uh, so I, I tried pieced together a uh, a black-red knight's deck <clears throat> um, because I had, like, one of my other rares was the black-red knight that uh, at your upkeep, each player draws a card and you lose a life. And that seems fine enough. And then I just had a couple of, I had enough cards to at least try to make a, a usable Knights deck. And I uh, promptly uh, won three that league. Or I guess, would you call it a league? Sure, I'll call it a league just for consistency's sake. Yeah, I, I promptly won three that league with that deck and jumped into another one because it was just an absolute pile. Uh, the next one I did was a actual good Knights deck where I had like the three one, one of my rares was the three one that when it enters the battlefield gives another knight uh, death touch and lifelink until the end of turn, or it gives a knight a death touch and lifelink in the end of turn. So it can give itself it, I believe. The flash dude, the three one. Yes, he has flash. Yep. And for the people out there, I apologize for not knowing the names of any of these cards uh, because the set just came out. We'll learn them as they, as we, uh, as we go on, <clears throat> but it had that. It also had the, the red, black guy that uh draws a card every upkeep and then you lose a life uh, and a couple other good like uncommons like I had the uncommon one that was uh black white and other knights you control get a plus one plus one and then i had two of the lands that tap for mardu but you can only use that to cast uh equipment or night spells. night spells yeah yeah so i had a very good knight's deck or i wouldn't say very good but i had a serviceable knight's deck uh, with my second one and ended up going like five, three with that one. So I was pretty happy with that. And then my third one, I had a blue white equipment flyers deck, that which one I probably was, seems good. Yeah. That one was really, really fun. And I didn't have really very many rares in that one that got me there. Uh, but my uncommons were huge. Like I had, uh, I think I had three, which was unheard of. I had three of the uncommon, Oh, the owl. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 that 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 guy. Yeah, I had yeah, so one of my one of my uncommons in the pool was Ar Arcanist's owl. 
and it's four blue-white hybrid for a 3-3 flyer. And then when it enters the battlefield, you look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an artifact or enchantment card from among them and put it into your hand and you put the rest in the bottom of your library. And I had three of them and I had an insane amount of artifacts for some reason. It's sealed. Like it was just they might a, as fucking well. Yeah, it was just an awkward pool where like my artifacts, sure they weren't great, but like I had, I had fucking, I had three ginger brute. Uh, ginger and, brute. Yeah, the ginger brute man, the best card in the fucking set, baby. I had three ginger brute man. Uh, I had uh, inquisitive puppet. I had one of those as one of my other uncommons. I had two golden eggs. I had a, like a decent amount of artifacts to make that work, and then I had a solid just like generic blue white flyers deck um oh i also had a uh, witching That's well almost always been fucking limited blue white flyers are yeah, just blue white flyers the flyers are just consistently deck. good yeah so i was happy with that deck again that was another i think that was six and three so i almost got the seven wins but i, w- I was happy with it and there's a couple takeaways that i have from this format uh, and i think those were the initial thoughts that some of them, at least, are the initial thoughts that I, that you and I had. I don't know if we discussed them on the on the podcast or if we discussed them in uh, just our typical conversations that we had. But uh, I figured we share them now, at least, as the first the first takes of Eldraine Limited. One, and Matt, I know you will agree with this. Uh, this format's grindy. Yeah, it seemed like it would be. Yep, and I like. I think we stated on the podcast it is grindy because of the ease of food token. Yeah. Food token seems like a dime, right? dime a dozen. At least like if you're playing against a green deck, which it seems like green is a relatively strong color. Seems like a very good base color yeah, for a lot of decks. Good. If I would, if I would just be able to jump into a draft or even a sealed event and someone asked me, okay, you, you're playing this draft, you're playing the sealed event. What is the ideal color combination that you would want to be in? I would say either green, black, like food, where I had a bunch of uh, bog naughties because that card really impressed the shit out of me. I didn't get to play it, unfortunately, but I got wrecked by it multiple times. Is that the flying black fairy? <clears throat> yes, bog naughty is a, uh, it's five mana, three black, black. It's a three, three. I believe it's a flyer, but it has uh, an ability that you sacrifice a food. You pay some mana. I think it's, I, th- I want to say it's three. It's two and a black. You sacrifice a food token, and then a target creature gets minus three, minus three. So it's just a removal spell on a creature equal to the number of foods that you can produce. Oh, boy, that card fucking wrecked me. Yeah, that thing seems good. It wrecked me in games where I was particularly susceptible to that, but also the fact that it's a grindy format really lends itself to cards like this where you can really establish your board, you can get the food tokens, and then if you slam this card and you have like three food tokens and six mana on the battlefield, you can just casually kill two creatures and completely flip the game on its head. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, I got absolutely blown out by that. Just a shit ton Um, of free removal, if you will. And there's one game that I particularly remember that uh, harkens on another point that I want to make. That Fervent Champion, the Javier Dominguez rack. Okay. Yeah, the one-mana first-strike haste guy that's a 1-1. And then uh, equipment cost costs three less to attach it. And then when it attacks, you can give another knight a plus one, plus oh. That card fucking stomped me. 
Yeah, that seems pretty fucking good too. Yeah, he that card just fucking blew me out, man. Because it just like out of nowhere, he my opponent, and it could just have been my opponent's build was just insane. But out of nowhere, it just like they played an equipment equipped immediately. Played an equipment equipped immediately. I feel like there's a lot of uncommon equipments that are at least like somewhat playable. That that guy is just like he's so good. Like he's a first pickable rare for something that's really unassuming in draft. And then just build around it. Yep. So those are three of the points that I uh, made for the limited. That uh, well, I guess two of the points is that I think knights is a very real deck. I think like there there is and it's cool because it's in three colors. Uh, so there can be like a red white knights player at the table. And like a black white knights or a red black knights player at the table, I don't think there is enough cards to service three players playing like red white, black white, red black. But there is enough to split the colors in least in some way where both players can cut off of the shared color and then focus on the the other color. Yeah, you could have two knights. Yeah, that's something that I would be able to see in limited. That's something I could definitely see at least in draft being. Very, very good. Um, another thing that I noticed is that if you can do it, some of the cards that have the, uh, what's the mechanic? Is it addendum? Yeah, ad- or adventure. Ad- adamant. The adamant mechanic is uh, when you pay at least three of a specific color mana to a spell, you get an additional ability. A uh, little bonus. Yeah, some of those cards are really powerful. Like there's the blue common. I played it in my blue white deck and it was predominantly blue. Uh, but when you play it, it's a, I think it's a four mana two, two flyer. Uh, yeah, it's a four mana two, two flyer, but with addendum, if you played at least three blue, it's a three, three flyer. That card was really impressive. Yeah. Three basic lands and limited is not that hard to get. No, not particularly. You might not be able to do a turn three, you could, and that was, but it's yeah, unlikely. Yeah, it's unlikely. You're right. Especially if you're like have a split of colors, but if you were leaning heavily into one color, those cards get way better yeah yeah do you see well probably not in uh sealed but any monocolored decks i did not see in sealed any monocolored decks but i think there is potential for people to draft monocolor in limited or monocolor pretty much and then like do a small splash yeah like a little baby splash especially if you open like a busted rare that is monocolored i think in most formats you're gonna shy away from that because like let's say one of the rares is uh like blue, blue, blue. Uh, like the Gadwick, what is it? The Gadwick the Wizened, the Wizard. Yeah, the three and then X. Blue, blue, yeah, the, blue, X. The blue, 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 X guy. If you open him, I think as opposed to most formats where you would open him. Oh, you know what's a good analog for that? Uh, Dominaria. When you would open one of the three like Chain Whirler cycle cards. Uh, it's like yeah. color, color, color. In limited, you would open that and almost immediately pass it because that's just too much of a commitment. In this format, it seems like there is a little bit more payoff to kind of keeping to one color. So there is at least a little bit more consideration to keeping that blue, blue, blue X rare that is really powerful uh, because you can kind of go into at least more of a one color uh, style deck. I don't yeah. I still don't think it's it's enough to be able to like first pick that card, but it is at least in the formats that have been going on for the past like couple years, that is a much more of a strong consideration. And it really I, does harken back. I do back. like that. It paid off for staying monocolored. Yeah, and it really does harken back to like that 
Theros style uh, limited format where there were some cars where if you got the devotion, you were off to the races. Like you really could do some nutty shit with yeah, that. Some, some dirty, do some dirty deeds. Yeah. Like there was that uncommon in Theros limited where uh, it tapped to add green mana equal to your devotion to green. Like you, if you just built a green deck around that, you could do some just absolutely absurd shit with that. Yeah, game fucking over. Yeah, you. Yeah, there's no way if you could build the proper deck, there's no way somebody could because the mana advantage is too strong. But overall, as far as the limited format is concerned, uh, I'm I'm excited to draft this set. I don't know if it's going to be in like my top ten draft formats of all time, uh, but I also am fairly certain that it's not going to be in my bottom ten. Yeah, to be, I never really uh, tend to like old formats. I'm always a bigger fan of actually being able to draft. Yeah, that's so. historically you. You have never really been over the moon about a dra- uh, sealed format, right? Say that again? You've never been, like, crazy about a sealed format. No, there's not been one. Where I'm like, oh my god, yes, this is. I've had crazy sealed decks, but I don't like it. Sure. I, like, there has Probably yeah, my go- best sealed deck ever was the Ixalan sealed deck. It was a fucking draft deck. <laughs> I had two Regisaur Alphas, the red-white Planeswalker that fucking pumped out. Yes. It's like, okay, well, yeah, sure. And that's kind of like how sealed works for a lot of people, is where the best sealed deck that you could possibly have is something that you would have drafted if you would have seen the card. Yeah, that deck was bananas good. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of in the same boat where... I'm not I'm not crazy about sealed. I do like sealed as like a pre-release context because everybody's kind of new to it. And it's just it's that pre-release mentality where I'm just throwing my all my fucking all my dicks into a hat and you just throw everything in, see what comes out. And it doesn't actually have any impact on what you come up with. As far as like limited GPs, (laughs) you could enter a limited GP. And you have $60 riding on whether you open a good or pool or a bad pool. That sucks. Yeah, that yeah you're not bad. wrong there. So I guess the stakes have a significant impact on whether I like sealed or not. I don't, I'm not particularly high on limited GPs unless the format is particularly good for limited. And this format's still up in the, you know, if I love it. The draft format is going to be sweet. I guarantee that. I have not played draft, but from the limited games that I have played uh, with sealed, it seems like the draft format is going to be very, very cool. Eh. <laughs> just says, eh. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but let's go. Let's move to something that uh, is a little bit more uh, near and dear to our hearts. Let's move to the cards from Eldraine that we think are at least in the in the first week we think are making an impact in constructed brazen borrower. Yeah, that's the first one. I, I, I guess we should I do think the that cards really good. We should do the caveat, too, that uh, we are looking at it through the lens of eternal formats. So modern legacy. Yeah, not content. necessarily standard. There's a lot of good because that one fucking artifact, uh, the signet, is like 20 plus dollars. Wait, what? What? What is it? Uh, the signet that's about the commander. It adds oh, one yeah, mana. Yeah, 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 it's like twenty five dollars or the the mana rock that is for your commander. Yeah, that card really doesn't impact my life significantly. Um, and that's only available as far as my knowledge in the uh, in the brawl decks, right? 
I believe so. Yeah, I think that's a reason why it's so expensive. Yes, like that is those, inflating the price. All the legendary creatures pretty expensive too. Yeah, because like they brawl decks. But all of them are very, very good too. And th- yes. and that is another thing that we I think we touched upon a little bit earlier is that they are really pushing the envelope on some of these things. Um, and they're pushing the envelope in a lot of different formats. Like it, it, before. Commander became a normal thing. Even if you said that this mana rock would have existed and you try to explain the concept of Commander, people have been like, that's that's fucked. That's nuts. It's essentially like a soul ring or not a soul ring, but like a something crazy like that. Like it's one of those absurd mana artifacts that just it's hard to believe exists. Like it's in the same class as Command Sphere, which if Command Sphere was only printed once. It'd probably that, be up there too. That card would be fifty bucks. Yeah, easily because Command Sphere is just incredible. But it's in that same vein of just mana artifacts that are built for Commander that are so good in that format that have really no bearing in any other format. But because Commander is so popular, that drives the price through the roof. And I think that, honestly, that is a good reminder to everybody out there who's playing Magic: The Gathering uh, that. If you are a person who's competing in events who is would consider yourself a quote unquote spike, uh, that is a reminder to you that you're not the you're not the people that magic is really being catered toward. Yeah, it's being catered towards the casual community, the people who play commander, the people who play uh, magic at their kitchen table on a Friday night with their friends, just drinking a couple beers or a couple fucking uh, seven ups or whatever. Yeah, whatever you do. Yeah, it's it's catered towards the people who are enjoying magic for the less competitive side and more for the for for the less of the magic side and more for the gathering. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah, which I mean, I'm all for shifting magic to the gathering side because I mean, you and me both, uh, we both like our competitive magic, the gathering cards. I also like drafting and with people. And but yeah, holy shit, do we? I think it would be fair to say that you and I. Uh, would agree that our favorite format might just be Booze Cube. Oh, for sure. It's my favorite <laughs> format. <laughs> that's not even a fucking question. No, it's, it is, that's so obvious that Cube, but specifically a Cube made by a Magic community member uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the game besides the fact that the rules come from the same place uh, is our favorite format. So we are very much in the gathering part of the Magic the Gathering category of people. That may say something about our drinking, but we won't go there today. <laughs> yeah, so that's not yeah, that's not a commentary on uh, how much alcohol we consume. That's a commentary on how much we love being with other human beings yeah. and also being drunk <laughs> so with those other human beings. Yeah, you're not wrong. Maybe we should start playing Booze Cube at our AA meetings. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to just fucking ruin people's day. <laughs> hey, guys, we got this new game for you make sure you bring your fifth of vodka (laughs) fucking case and a half of beer (laughs) oh we don't have a problem i promise yeah (laughs) i don't have a problem you have a fucking problem whoa no you don't know you have a problem yeah but uh, constructed (laughs) so yeah fucking christ that was a good little tangent god i think probably like you're pretty close to um Brazen Borrower is probably a current front runner um, for non-standard formats and non-commander formats. That is the Mythic uh, 3-1 or 3. So a colorless blue, blue, flash flying, 
uh, can only block Creed with flying 3-1. Pretty good on that face. But the adventure is one in a blue instant, and it reads return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Yeah. Yeah. That card pretty pretty good tempo on this card. Bound something, leave up mana to counterspell. They don't play it. Flash today pretty much has pseudo. Yeah, and I think we touched on this card uh, when we did its initial review, and we said, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great card. Uh, it's gonna see play in standard, and it's kind of uh, Vendillion click esque style, at least as far as design goes. Here's one thing that I overlooked: it's not legendary. No, it is not legendary, and I think we both overlooked that. This card is really, really powerful, and I can, and it has already seen impact in modern. And mind you, uh, just this, we are going off of lists that have five owed in modern leagues just within the first couple days of it being legal. But there has been a Grixis control deck in modern that is five owed. Uh, the player was Ned Yahisky. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but Ned Yahisky, uh, five owed a modern league with three brazen borrowers in his main deck in a Grixis control list. He also, is that the same list that was playing the, the draw four cards for five mana? Now, granted, it's like eight mana, but it costs three less if they have seven or more cards or something in their graveyard. No, that was a different list, but that was another Grixis control list that was playing that card as well. Yeah, um, I saw that. That was spicy. But speaking of the, like, we're talking about that Brazen Borrower. That card is really going to see some play. And I think we we touched on it before, It that it's not as good as Vendillion Click. Just on paper, it is not as good as Vendillion Click. But we both missed and we both agree that uh, we it's not legendary, so that has a big game. Yes. And in the current modern meta, the ability that it has is, is bouncing something might just be better than Vendillion Click's ability of a pseudo discard because of how quick modern is. Yeah. So I, I honestly think Brazen Borrower might be in a better spot than Vendillion Click right now. Right now, probably. Um, that can shift and change constantly, obviously. Yeah, modern is constantly evolving. But this card is good. I It does something different. Um, click obviously hits the hitches really big. Yes. Uh, one of the best parts about that is being able to hit the hand, stop some combo decks, have some disruption. This is more disruption for permanent base decks. Yeah, what's like, on the battlefield. Like hateful artifacts, enchantments, other creatures, bounce something. Um, I'm a big fan right now of... I think you actually came up with the thing that uh, responds to the Liliana oh, discard. We will, yes. Like stuff, stuff like that when there's nothing in the hand. And it's pretty good tempo, tempo we play. Yeah, this card is, yeah, Brazen Bar was a potential, is, is essentially a pro Liliana the Veil because she activates the discard thing. Um, if Brazen Bar was the last thing in your hand, then sure you you get to cast it and then not discard anything and then just kill Liliana on the swing back, uh, hopefully. And then if it's not the last thing in your hand, you get to just discard some other garbage and then flash it in end of turn so they don't get to use sorcery speed removal and then get them, which is a big game, especially in these Grixis control decks because that's an attrition matchup where you want you just want to establish card advantage against your opponent. Um, and just that incremental advantage throughout the game is what's going to win you long run. Yeah, little wins, little winning battles, not necessarily, well, you do win the war after yeah. so many battles you win, but kind of that saying. 
Yeah, but it's all about chip shots, not home runs. Yeah. Where it's like in, in a lot of matchups in modern, if like let's say you're playing scape shift, and as long as you resolve that scape shift or that primeval titan, uh, you win that game. Uh, these matchups are a lot less about resolving that one big spell and just resolving those little spells and just trading off with your opponent to the point where you come out marginally on top and those marginally on top interactions build to you having a lot of card advantage over time and that's how you win yeah and another thing i was thinking of this thing is pretty good in like control decks as well bounces something of theirs uh you can play a sweeper cast it at your fucking leisure yeah whoo this card is really good I think the the non-legendary thing, too, uh, is is something that we definitely miss. But in general, this card is just really freaking good. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Uh, what do you see from this that's happened other impact? As far as Brazen Borrower? Or a, a different card. Uh, okay, so a different card, but let's stay in the control uh, lane. Uh, let's talk about Drown the Lock. Yeah, I'm a real big fan of this card. This card has a, a lot of game. So this is a blue-black, and choo- it reads choose one. Counter target spell with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of cards in controller's graveyard, or destroy target creature with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard. I'm a real big fan of this uh, for the mere fact of modern. is generally a pretty fast format, so... A lot of spells and creatures that you're going to want to get rid of are not going to have the highest mana cost on them. So this kills Goyfs at uh, two mana, kills, uh, what's it called, Death Shadow, deals with a lot of humans. The one thing that this card is probably not the best against would be like Tron style decks. This card would actually be quite good against like Storm decks. It kills their creatures, it counters important spells. Oh, this card is fucking nuts, man. And I never thought that I'd have to say this, but it's also blue and can pitch to force of negation. Yes, it can pitch to force of negation. And it's something you didn't mention, too, um, that it's bad against, which if this card really gets to the play amount that it could possibly see, um, we could see an uptick in uh, Death Shadow style decks because this deck is really, or, is, or this card specifically is not great against Delve creatures. Yeah, kind of shrinks, blah, shrinks their graveyard. Yeah, um, because like this card does exactly. Oh no, it's great against Death Shadow. Like the the card itself, because all they have to do is have one creature or one something in their graveyard, whether it be a fetch land, whatever. Uh, but he, this card is like it, it is the best card against Gurmag Angler, at least yeah. on the Gurmag Angler side of things. Yeah, and that's part of its casting cost, so you can't even counter it as it. Yeah, because all those oh, yeah, all those spells are already delved away at that point. Yeah. So that could be a that could be a direct response to if this card really sees a lot of play, which honestly at this point I think could I think be the case. To, yeah. I think this card is really that that good that it could warp the format where you might see more uh, more Gurmag Anglers, more Tassigers, more Hooting Mandrels because of this guy. I could see that. I'd be fine with that. I mean, I don't hate it because I also love those spells. Yeah, those decks will be more interactive, yeah. which makes, for my, in my opinion, better magic. Yeah, in general, I think I have not historically played uh, decks, at least in modern, that have good matchups against uh, like the Death Shadow style decks. 
Uh, but if I see those decks come in more uh, and just like stick their foot in the ground, say that we are a force to be reckoned with, that would be a healthy format. Currently, this is seeing a lot of play in Grixis. I could also see this like this kind of making an Esper deck. Yeah, kind of hit mean, it from both ends. Get the path, get the counter spell slash removal spell. This card's very good. Grixis is the easy fit, right? Like that's the tier. That's the stage one. Like, what does this card go in that just makes a lot of sense? That's Grixis. Because you're already playing four Snapcasters. Uh, most decks are playing JVP. Like they're Some playing number the number of hand disruption. Yeah, exactly. They're playing some a number of yeah dis discard spells of their want to turn one. They want to get the thought seize or Inquisition off. Uh, even like the ops to a point where that's go they're going to be filling their their graveyard with fetch lands and instant sorcery speed spells. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this card is oh boy. This is something that we're going to have to worry about in modern for a long for it as long as modern is going to exist and still until uh, eventually magic gets to the point where this ability is going to be printed on a like one blue black hybrid spell. Yeah, it seems good. I really like it. Um I think it's going to be a big mainstay in modern. Cards like this generally always are just because they do multiple things. Good, and I love that. I love that this format or this set can print a card at uncommon that is now just ubiquitous. It, it is something that is going to be, in my mind, ubiquitous in modern. Yeah. That's great. Like, yeah, I'm all for that. Change the formats, not through big splashy things like Modern Horizon. Change things with standard sets that are this kind of unassuming blue-black spell that just does it all that gives a lot to decks that didn't have it before. Yeah, this is, it's a removal counter spell. Yep. Whatever floats your... Oh, this that certainly does float my fancy. I combined oh. two of them there just for you. Oh, I like that. Float your boat. And tickles my fancy. So There's plenty it. of things that tickle my fancy, bud. Float your fancy now. Oh. Um, are there any other Eldraine cards that you think uh, have particularly impacted constructed formats outside of standard? Uh, currently not yet. Um, I think that the, uh, that white enchantment, that'll be a pretty decent sideboard card. Deafening silence. Deafening silence. Yes. The uh, one not much to really talk about. It's good against storm. Good against, uh, decks that want to play a lot of spells right in a row or yeah, multiple spells per turn. That's Seems a meta call good. for sure. That's a, yeah. definitely a good meta call for any white deck. Yeah. Just um, another super hateful white enchantment. Yeah. I like Sold. that card a lot. Solid, simple perfect yes and white cards that do things are some of my favorite cards in all of magic the gathering weird yeah shocking um we've also seen uh not anything that is impacted yet but matt mentioned earlier when we were talking about spoilers that uh emery lurker of the lock that thing is i think that thing has combo potential and i was not on board before now i think i'm slowly starting to get it has there been a deck with that sucker yet? Um, there's been a couple decks that I've seen uh, with Jeskai Ascendancy with that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So Matt, Matt, you have you have solidified yourself as the combo member of the Pet and Shock podcast. I didn't think that was in fucking question. No, it really was not because I am the I am the using the attack step, <laughs> very straightforward aggro to mid range guy, and you are the degenerate combo guy. Yeah, I kind of figured this would be some play. It might not be the best combo deck, but 
it puts four cards from your library into your graveyard. Turns out it's pretty fucking decent. Um, you can cast cards from your graveyard with it. Um, and you can keep doing that with Jeskai Ascendance. And you know what's great? That I have actually seen standard decks trying to do this. That's spicy. I like that. Yeah, with uh, even with the card Mox Amber, which I am historically not very high on. Yeah, this is a legendary creature, so it adds yes. taps for blue. So it very least taps for blue. And uh, uh, Stone Coil Serpent. Coils, yeah. That's the card you talked about last time because of the art, but also that card is potentially really powerful with Emery. It is the X mana uh, zero zero artifact snake creature. Um, it has protection from multicolors and it also has reach and trample and it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. So yeah, you just get to cast it for X from Emery and just, it doesn't get bounced by Teferi, which is big and standard. Um, and it I guess that is pretty good in standard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that card is very. Oh, you can very cast good. it from your graveyard as a yes, whatever. Exactly. Because, okay. Yes. A, now we're now we're picking up on what we're putting down. That's a very subtle thing to. Yeah, that's a cheeky boy compared to just winning. Yeah. Yeah, big time. So there are cards from this format that are seeing even in the before the release seeing constructed impact, which I like. Um, the one card that I am not seeing as much of as I thought, and I think people are lower lower on it than I uh, than I think even anybody previously expected is uh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, a little upset about that. Um, I thought it was going to be pretty big too. I think we all did. And I think I could see ahead. a meta game where you're like main decking Force of Vigors. I think this gets a little better. Yeah, and the big thing that I've been looking at, uh, just because that's the crowd that I follow on twitter and interact with is the uh the seg tour group um and this coming weekend is seg philly and that is a team constructed event where there's standard modern legacy and people have been looking for that card uh because everybody seems to be sold out a bit people have been looking for that card left and right on twitter i am a little bit upset that this card isn't seeing more play I thought it would see a decent amount of play. It lets you cuts down, cut down on lands. I, the most, the decks that I've been seeing people test it in is uh, standard, and it just doesn't seem like it's the card you want to be playing in standard. It just seems too slow. That's surprising. I'm pretty sure the Gilded Goose will be some mod or some standard play. Oh, the Gilded Goose is insane. Anything that aggressively costed that does the things that it does are immediately just going to be part of. The, the texture of standard moving forward. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think we'll see play might take a little bit, uh, but the Royal Scion, the blue-red Planeswalker. You're finally on the Royal Scions boss. I think it's decent. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think it's a very fair Planeswalker, except that it fucking can come in at six loyalty if you really want it to. That's the thing, man. That's what makes me think that this planeswalker has a lot of potential is that it's essentially unkillable at its casting cost yeah it's pretty pretty busted and they're both plus abilities just the other thing at worst you loot um or you give something plus two plus oh first strike trample which is yeah. kind of crazy and it yeah and then that's at worst yeah <laughs> like that, that that's the crazy part at worst you're doing that at best you're coming down and just looting for three mana and then have something, a planeswalker at six mana 
that if your opponent can kill that on t- their turn four, let's say you're on the draw and they can kill that on their turn four, like they at very least are dedicating a lot of resources to it or like they're they're just going to run you over regardless of what you cast well i think this is currently not the best because it gets hit by abrupt decay and it gets hit by assassin's trophy both of which are relatively common sure uh right now with jun being pretty popular in modern okay um but in that same vein i'm okay with jund and i'm okay with jund not killing my creatures and killing this um and if they are focused on killing my creatures the ability to continue to draw and to, to loot with uh, the Royal Scion seems pretty strong. Yeah, yeah, it seems okay. It, it can smooth out your draws and get you to at least a point where you can attempt to win that game. There are some times where you're playing against Jund where it's just going to feel unwinnable. Uh, but cards like this get you to a point where you can at least try to claw back or even win that game outright. And if you do get to ultimate this, you just draw four cards and then ping something. Yeah. At least four. Oh, boy. That, yeah, that ultimate is insane. Yeah, most likely you're going to ping something for at least five. Yeah. Would be oh, my yeah, guess. you're going to have at least something in your hand at that point. Well, if you do it on your turn, you draw for turn, draw four cards, ping something. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Anything else that you saw that... I mean, the last thing I want to talk about is something that we talked about before we actually started recording. Um, And it's something that you're adding to the deck that you're currently building for modern. And that from my uh, my recommendation. And it is uh, it's Oko, Thief of the Crowns. And I think across formats, this is going to be the most impactful card from this set. Uh, That's a bold claim. I don't think it's that ridiculous in modern. I think it is. I think this gives um, maybe maybe in modern this card isn't as good as uh, the blue black drown. But man, this card is really powerful. This card's really, really good. Oh, it's for sure powerful. Uh, one of the better abilities, I think, is the plus one. Say they have a death shadow. If your opponent has a death shadow, you can just make it a 3-3 instead of a fucking 12-12 or whatever the fuck it would be. Yeah, because it does say target creature loses all abilities. abilities. And you know what? That also uh, brings in a relevant ability that it has against um, any kind of like Wurza style deck, where if in your particular strategy where you're running Oko, if if you, if they have like an Instaring Bridge, Target their Instrument Rage, make it a 3 uh, That's not an ability. It still becomes a 3-3. Three, three. But does it lose all... It loses everything, even static ability. Not sure how that would work, to be honest with you. Yeah, it even loses static ability, so it just becomes mm. a 3-3 three, three elk. Yeah, that seems good. Yeah, just like turning your opponent's Instrument Bridge into an elk seems pretty good. Yeah, I didn't think of it in that aspect, I guess. Yeah, like it can it can do that. It really can, <laughs> Like, which is nuts to me. Yeah, I think Oko is is the truth. I think this card, there was even a, a couple tweets, and we'll get that to it in the shoutouts for later in this episode. Uh, there are people testing this in multiple formats, modern, legacy, and it's making a huge splash in standard right now. Like, this card is nuts. I would be surprised if uh, a couple months down the road, if there wasn't at least a lot of talk about banning Oko in standard. Think so? Yep. Just I makes think it's three threes. I mean, there's, there's, but 
everybody wants to run blue green because of how powerful this card is. Yeah, maybe. Like there's only other two decks that aren't running the, at least blue green in some sort of their combination. And it is a, a red black aggro deck um, that is just trying to kick your teeth in as quick as they possibly can. And then a, an Esper style stacks deck with that, with the stacks card, the, uh, the enchantment. Yeah. Doom foretold. So it's Esper stacks that are trying to play that card and then just slowly incrementally wipe your board while also using their counter spells and removal spells to remove you from things that you can do and just blow you out, which <laughs> I love to also, I love the fact that stacks is a term that's being used in a standard archetype. Cause this is the first time since forever that that's been something that people want to refer to something as. Yeah. Like stacks, before actual smoke stacks. When's the last time somebody wanted to use stacks to refer to a deck? Never. That's why the, deck got its yeah i love that because stacks is a great great archetype and so now new players can kind of get indoctrinated into magic and see oh this is called this this is called stacks and they kind of figure it out through that that oh oh this stacks thing is something that's been in magic historically for forever essentially yeah it's been around for a long ass time there's always been like the the prison decks yeah i just love the fact that they're calling it that's just it's a big thing for me Uh, and i love it and i've always been a a huge proponent of using the new terms for the guilds or new terms for whatever where people used to call rug uh rug but now they call it teamer and there's some purists that are like no we call it rug because because i am old and that's all I care about is is keeping my heritage of magic. No, it's called Teamer now, and we can call it Teamer because now it has a name instead of Rug. Yeah. So I'm into that. So now that now that Stacks is being re reestablished as an archetype, people can relearn about the origins of Stacks and get into that. Especially if somebody's into this archetype, that are just like, oh, Doom Foretold is great. And they start playing standard and Duper told the deck that they like. And then they get into magic and they're like, oh, wait, the abyss is a card. And then smokestacks is a card and they can get into that because I it's not my personal thing that I want to do. But I recognize that people in magic want to do that thing. And now they can discover other cards from the history of magic that do that thing and they can get excited about it. And I love that. This is one standard deck that I could get behind. The stack stack? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love that you're finally being like, you know what? Standard, not too bad. I'll fuck with this. No, I won't. But I said I could get behind <laughs> it. Because I've, I've gone down that fucking rabbit hole. We've both been down it too, 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 too many times. Where now I'm like, yep, cool story and all, but I'm not even going to fuck with it. <laughs> all right. Is there any other cards that are seeing impact in constructed formats that you're particularly interested in? I think that was everything All right, that I had at least. Uh, before... I'm surprised I didn't see the, the land, the green land that you pay for and add six green. Oh, the Primeval Titan Castle. Yeah, it's a good fucking name for it. I like that. The the Castle of Primetime. Yes, Castle yeah, Primetime. That card is going to see more play as Primetime seems get more play, but I don't know when that's going to be the case. Yeah, I don't know either. It might and never also, see play, but... what The, the blue uh, common land. That card's nuts. And that's already seeing impact in Legacy. Like, people have already been testing in Legacy. We just don't have a very much data 
uh, because Legacy isn't highly played. Uh, but I have seen people in the community uh, who play Miracles have been playing that card and have been loving it. So that, that is and uh, pretty good in Popper with Deprive. Yes, Deprive. Turns out you can return a permanent you control in order to counter a thing. Yeah, return a land, counter targets. Yeah, and you know you know what you can do the next time you play that land that you return now? Get your fucking you Deprive just get back. get Deprive back. <laughs> <laughs> like you could just loop your deprives. That's so fucking disgusting. Be really funny to me. How was Popper the most broke format? Because they broke cards by making them fucking commons way back when. I love that. I love it so much. I hate it, but I also love it. It is pretty. Well, the last thing I want to touch on, uh, as far as Magic the Gathering uh, globally is concerned, is uh, the Eldraine Deluxe boxes, because that's been things that. We have, I have wanted to talk about. We just never had an opportunity to discuss. And uh, man, is this is a, this is a sham? It's like a pyramid scheme, but in magic. It reminds me of the other ones that uh, I forget what fucking set it was, but they ran out of the box. It's just it's disgusting, man. I hate it. and the thing that I saw today uh, that really pushed me over the edge was uh, one of the tweets that actual wizards made. Um, so these, let's start it out with discussing these, uh, deluxe collection boxes. So Throne of Eldraine deluxe collection, um, uh, it's a box that you can buy and it comes with 16 Eldraine, uh, packs. It has one binder, uh, that's themed to El the Thrones of Eldraine. It has one, uh, foil Garrick cursed hunt mask or huntman, uh, borderless planeswalker card. It has a artist print of the Garrick. It has one non-foil version of a booster box Kenrith card. It has a three by three Thrones of Eldraine uh, foil sheet. So it's like a three by three cut foil sheet from this set. I don't know if that has any specific cards linked to it. Um, and it has an arena code, which grants you access to um, some extended versions of some of the cards in the set and that's it that's what it comes with um and if you had to guess the msrp on this particular product what you as a magic consumer what would you think it would be 150 bucks yeah try try 450 dollars. oh jesus christ yeah <laughs> that's the price that's ridiculous yeah what a fucking insane thing for them to fucking charge for something like that yeah that's so dumb yeah it's like they're turning magic the gathering into like some kind of special collector's edition thing where it's it's a child's card game boiled down it's a child's card game not even boiled down it's a fucking child's card game no yeah you're right not even boiled down just it at its fucking bare bones but my favorite thing in the entire world is that they they uh the magic the gathering twitter the verified Magic the Gathering Twitter tweeted that, uh, <laughs> and I will read it verbatim. So begin quote, if your order is failing to process, please contact your financial institution or credit card company for assistance in validating the charge. Thank you for your patience. End quote. They the actual magic Twitter tweeted that <laughs> like this thing is so overcosted that your bank will think 
no, dude, this is a joke. This is not real. Yeah, you're not spending $450 on this bullshit. This is fraudulent. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's actually really funny and makes me happy on the inside because that's ridiculous. What? What is going on? That's fucking so dumb. What have we come to? Why do you got to tell me this shit? Because it just pisses me off. That's what I'm here for, man. I'm trying to get you worked uh, fuck, up. Apparently, and this is prime time workout. That's the fucking way to do it. I love it, man. Oh, my God. This is so nuts. Like, you're getting so little for such a large amount of money that, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's not worth it at all. Like, if you, if you showed me a website that said, hey, would you like to gamble on something that you're guaranteed to lose on? I'm going to turn on that 100% of the time. Yeah, thanks, say, but no fucking thanks. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I appreciate the offer, but also eat shit. I don't want to deal with that. Um, but that's a wizard. They're saying, hey, buy this thing. Um, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, fucking Christ. Yeah, so this is the state of Magic of the Gathering. It's just like they they removed the expeditions from packs. And sure, those were a really cool thing to do, but those are obviously not sustainable. But stuff like this... No, not at all. ...is even less sustainable, because even from the jump, it doesn't make sense. I can't see paying that much for that little. Yeah, and they're even... They're, like, high-profile YouTubers, like The Professor, doing videos on this product specifically, saying, this is dumb, don't buy it. Yeah. When you have your biggest advocates for the game just explicitly making things that say this is not good. What are you doing? Like what in the hell made you think that this was a good idea from the jump? Just trying to fucking make a shit ton of money is what they're trying to do. Well, it's going to end up fucking backfiring in the long run. Cause it just makes no fucking, I hate it. No, I agree with you. Not at all. Yeah. So if any of you are out there are considering buying the, uh, the deluxe edition or deluxe collector's edition of Thrones of Eldraine. Uh, I highly recommend you don't do that. Yeah, tell them the fuck off. Yeah, just just don't. Just on a scale of one to don't, fucking don't. <laughs> but the last thing I want to cover before we get into uh, the bare bones of the episode, the thing that people, everybody stays around for. Uh, I want to talk about the content creator community cup that we are in. Oh, yeah. What? what? Yeah. Hell yeah. We're here to absolutely destroy the competition in the content creator community cup. Yeah, or die trying. Amen. Um, but we actually got more information on our specific deck building constraints, which I, we have not shared yet. Um, but our specific deck building constraints for this particular round is that the format is peasant. So for everybody who doesn't know, peasant is a format where only uncommons and commons are legal for this specific one it is built so that each deck cannot contain more than five uncommons and less than 55 commons so you can only have five uncommons and the rest of it has to be or only 55 uh uncommons and the rest of it has to be 55 commons. and then we were also in addition to that issued two uncommon cards that we have to at least have one copy of one of them in our 60 card main deck. And our cards were Lock Dragon and Rampart Smasher. So Lock Dragon is a is one of the new cards from Eldraine. It's an uncommon and on, it let is me, uh, let me save you some time. They're both sure. pretty shitty. Yeah, they're not great. I mean, eh, 
they're they're both yeah they're both not awesome yeah so lock dragon is a uh, three two flyer uh for four uh blue red hybrid and then when it enters the battlefield or attacks you may discard a card if you do draw a card so me- mediocre at best our other card rampart smasher is a four mana five five giant and then it says that it cannot be blocked by night or walls. So it cannot be blocked by uh, night creatures or wall creatures, which is, uh, sure, something that exists. Yeah, the, probably one of the worst texts to have on a yeah, you kind have of, to play. Kind of irrelevant. <laughs> not the worst thing. No, not, not the worst, the best but thing. certainly not the best. So we, I have been brewing tirelessly to try to figure out what exactly what the fuck we are going to do for uh, this round of the Content Creator Community Cup, which is a uh, quick shout out. If you didn't listen to last episode, we gave a little preview on it. Um, the Content Creator Community Cup is run by creators uh, on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, it's just something that we or that they get a bunch of content creators in on that they get to interact with each other and uh, play games and try to build their community base. So anybody that we're interacting with, I highly recommend you go and check out because they're all great, small content creators that they're, they're doing great work. Yeah. Similar to us, only probably better. Uh, well, better in which way better that they're producing better content. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but better in the fact that we could, they could drink us under the table. No, no, <laughs> not no. a fucking. Oh, my God. We'll crush them. Like if, if it's a magic playing competition. Sure. Maybe they'll get us. But if it's a beer drinking competition, That's there's literally is, isn't it? Oh, wait. No, it's a magic competition. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> well, sh- maybe we can try to finagle something for the for the final round. Once we crush everybody else uh, with our magic gathering prowess that we can somehow make it a beer drink competition in the end and then we can just solidify our victory a drink per card drawn <laughs> so is that seven drinks that you're in your opening yes and if you actually <laughs> you mulligan you have to take seven more <laughs> and then what if you put one on the bottom is that an additional drink you can give a drink. oh you give a drink for each mulligan oh i actually yeah. kind of love that spicy oh, that's right brilliant see in my first rodeo <laughs> But again, I've been I've been tireless slaving over some decks that I would want to play for this. Um, and my initial thought, and it also in conversation with Matt, uh, our initial thought was like a blue red spells creatures deck that matters for how many cards are drawn. We have since created something better. Yes. So there are two decks that I'm kind of deciding whether uh, I want to play one or the other. Uh, let's talk about, I'm going to talk about the former from what I've decided, uh, because it is the less exciting of the two. Uh, but turns out, uh, with, when you don't get to play rares and mythics, you don't get to play a lot of good spells. True. True story. So I've wanted to play a, uh, a red green, like beat down deck. And this is the first time Matt's ever here. Yeah. I haven't heard this idea. It's already not as good. No, it's really not. But a red-green beatdown deck is what I've kind of decided is like a generically good deck to play. Um, and the idea is to get some hard-hitting creatures on the battlefield early and then follow it up with some really 
aggressively costed spells later in the game. Um, the first card that I have in the deck is Wildwood Tracker. So it is. I don't even wild... know what the fuck that is. Yeah, because it's a common for Maldrain. So why would you? <laughs> Fair. So it is a one one green mana for a one one. But whenever Wildwood Tracker attacks or blocks, if you control another non-human creature, uh, it gets a plus one plus one. So essentially, it's a one mana two two. Always good in aggressive decks. Yeah. So one mana two two seems really good. Um, I've also been. Uh, thinking of Crashing Drawbridge, which is a two-mana 4 defender, but it taps and gives creatures you control haste until the end of turn. Uh, Woodland Mystic, which is a uh, two-mana add a one green. Uh, Grum Gully, which we've talked about, which is three-mana, three-three. Other non-human creatures get a plus-one, plus-one when they enter the battlefield. Uh, Rumble Boat Runner, uh, three-mana, three-three. Uh, the Fierce Witch Stalker, which is a four mana, four, four trample that when it enters the battlefield, you make a food frenzied Arnix, which is a four mana, three, three with riot from, uh, what is it? Uh, return to return to Anistrad. I believe so. Yes. And it, it has, uh, an ability that gives it a plus three plus O and then the rampart smasher, which is the, one of the cards that's mandatory. It's a four mana, five, five. So just an aggressive red green deck that is just really built on getting creatures on the battlefield, turning them sideways and hitting your opponent. Yeah. I like that much less. Yeah. So that is our safe bet. (laughs) But honestly, at this point and anybody who is out there, who's listening to us, that is our opponents, which I believe uh, we got our opponents today. Our opponents are team one, which I'm not going to give their names just in case they're listening to this and they don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but Fair. team one you have to look forward to this round one matt we're playing mail yes we are <laughs> yeah we fucking are we are playing persistent petitioners mill so <laughs> persistent petitioner is one in a blue for a one three that for one you can tap it and target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard and then also you can tap four untapped advisors you control and target player puts the top 12 cards of their library in there. And in addition to that, you can have any number of persistent petitioners in your deck. Any number of them. Yeah. So we're maxing out on these boys. I what In our current list, we have 22 persistent petitioners in our deck. That's currently oh, 22. I love it. I Just for those uh, other notable cards is our one lock dragon that we have to have. Which uh, is the Sage... best card in the deck. Yeah, fuck yes. <laughs> By a country mile. Uh, we also have Sadro Denizen, which is uh, a popper all-star in the flash deck. Yeah, 2-3 when a blue creature enters, mill 2. Yep. And then Merfolk Secret Keeper, for those of you who don't know because you haven't played Aldrain yet, uh, and also haven't picked this card because this card is bad, it's one mana, uh, 4 but it also has the adventure mechanic that says uh, for one mana at sorcery speed, target player puts the top four cards of their library. And so we're just going deep on the mono blue mill strategy. <laughs> now, if the opponents are listening, what are we actually? Are we actually. Um, well, if our opponents are listening, um, we're we're actually just going to play rares in our deck. And that's our secret to winning. That's the secret tech. Yeah. The super secret tech is that. We are allowed to have five (laughs) uncommons and 55 commons, but also we're going to play a 
80 card list and the rest of them are going to be rares. <laughs> That'd be very surprising. You're right. <laughs> no, fuck it. For our opponents out there that are listening, we're playing mill. Yeah, nerds, bring it. Deal with it. Fucking bring bring a a 70 card deck. I I please, please. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. No, I love the fact that, that that was like one of our first ideas that when we started talking about it, we we're just like, yeah, we're doing that. That's stupid. Yeah, it just went all in instantly. Yep. And we're just running it back with our first idea. Like, why why think about something better when the first idea that we had was perfect? This is the best idea, yeah. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Don't fix it. Amen. Persistent back texture is the king. Is and the there's no rules king. against it. That's the thing. There's no rules against it, so we're going to make it a thing, and then we're going to establish the rule. Yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, you can't do that. I'm fine with that. That's going to be our goal throughout this competition. Just get it's shit broken. Finding every loophole, busting it wide open, so that in the future they have to make loop. Yeah, that's actually really funny. I like that <laughs> a lot. Like, yeah, we're, we're the, the people who ruin the format and make it change. We're the people who started playing the Hogak deck. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Wait, are you saying Persistent Practitioner is not exactly Hogak? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I disagree. <laughs> You're such a fuck. Yes, so, I... bring it, nerds. You know what's coming. Oh my god, is this the end of the episode? I fucking think that it is. Oh god, that means we have a game coming up. Yeah, it's your bitch-ass turn. Oh. I swear to god, though, if you get fucking fluffy cards, I'm gonna be super pissed. Mmm. You know what? I feel it in my heart of hearts that this week I'm going to get some slow pitches. I fucking hope not. Yeah, so for everybody out there who's listening, uh, who doesn't know what's coming up, which by this point you you should, uh, we're going to play our little game we like to call Accumulated Knowledge. So every week we play a game, and uh, it, nine times out of ten it's going to be this game where one of us asks the other a random card generated by the Scryfall website. Uh, the person asks the name of the card, and the other person has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point, and if they don't, they cry in shame, and they have to just deal with that pain until the next week. The only thing, one caveat, uh, lands are no-go. We don't do lands. No, we do not do basic lands or any other lands. It has to have an actual mana cost. The mana cost can be zero, but it can't be because of a land. Sure, if we get, like, Pact of Negation, that would be a th Yes. I'm glad we actually established that. We've never established that before. Yeah, but we always just say, yeah, fuck you, you're not getting a land. I can't wait till I get Pact of Negation. I'll literally freak out if you get Pact of Negation. <laughs> so I have to get uh, three correct to win, and I also get three hints throughout where I can ask for the, the, uh, the text of the card, the power and toughness if it's a creature... Uh, the creature type, uh, whatever. So, uh, Matt, are you ready to fire it off? I am ready. Let me uh, pull up Scryfall here. I guess I could have done that while you were talking. All right, so your first card is Serrated Arrows. Serrated Arrows? Oh, my God. This is a card from a recent uh, set. You tell me, you fuck. I am telling you. Um, Isn't Serrated Arrows? Oh, my God. I'm actually I'm blowing it because I don't know if it's one colorless or two colorless. Oh, no, it's not from a recent set. Serrated Arrows, isn't that the one that fucking you remove a arrow counter from it and deal and give minus one, minus one? I'm waiting for you to tell me, Sunshine. 
Oh, God, no. This is something I'm actually I'm unsure about. Would you like to use a hint? Fuck. I for I should... sure thought you'd get this one, like, right off the bat. Oh, my God. Why do I not know this? I should know this one immediately. You should. Oh, man. It's because it's either an old school card that I should know or a new card that I also should know. Oh, shit. Do you want a hint? I should probably take a hint on this, yeah. What do you want? Give me the text of it, I guess. Okay, do you want the errata? Oh, no, they're the same. All right, so... Oh, so it is an old card, but also a new card. Serrated Arrows enters the battlefield with three arrowhead counters. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are no arrowhead counters on Serrated Arrows, sack it. You can tap, remove an arrowhead counter from Serrated Arrows, put a minus one, minus one counter on It is the old school card. Oh, so it's four... It's three or four mana. Oh, my God. Because it was from that fucking format where you had to have at least one of the one of the card from a set in the in the deck. What isn't it? Isn't isn't that what it's from? It's from an old set. And back in like I want to say it was like block constructed. You had to have at least one card from each set in the deck, so people played serrated arrows in that. So they like met that requirement because it was the only card from it was like homelands or something. It was just fucking abysmal. I'm gonna need an answer here, sunshine. I think it's like four colorless or something. If it's the card that I'm thinking of, it's four colorless. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Four. Um, this is really big and popper too. Oh, there you go. But yes, it's from Homelands and then uh, uh, Time Shifted. There we go. I know that there was something. There and was then like... it's in like a couple dual decks and shit like that. Yeah, I knew it was. Yeah, it's an old card that there was like some like block constructed thing where that was the that was the one card that people played in the deck because it was the only card from Homelands that was worth playing. Yes, that's exactly correct. Yes. Okay. That's the only reason why I know that card. Yeah. You should have got that one way sooner just because you play popper. Yeah. Probably. Okay. So you ready for your next one, sunshine? Mm-hmm. Okay. This one is called hint of insanity. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hint of insanity. What's blue or black but it's just a hint of it, so it's, like, not very expensive, right? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Oh, I don't even know if I want to waste a hint on this. That doesn't even seem like something I would want to do. Ah, oh, man. Oh, you tell me, bucko. Should I waste a hint on this? Should you? Probably not. Oh, man. Hint of insanity? <laughs> is it? Is it, like, one in a black? <laughs> is that your final answer? Yeah, that's sure, why not? Uh, fuck damn it it is two in a black two in a black should do so it is a sorcery target player reveals his or her hand that player discards uh from it all non-land cards with the same name as another card as hold on target this is a fucking wordy card target player reveals his or her hand that player discards from it all non-land cards with the same name as another card in his or her hand Oh, so it gets pairs and trips and quads. Sure. It's like, kind of like a cabal ritual kind of. Yeah. Or not a cabal ritual, cabal therapy kind of thing. Sort of. Oh, For boy. Three man and real shitty. What's this Odyssey. from? Odyssey. Ugh. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, a little, little rough. Yeah, that's a tough one. I wouldn't have wasted one on that either. All right, slow pitch me. Come on, give me something easy. You have Autumn Willow. Oh, my God. Autumn Willow? Autumn Willow. This is actually kind of funny. Oh my god, it sounds green. Does it? You is would it think green? that. Are you sure you're not giving me a land? I might be. Just throwing you a curveball. You can guess zero. No, because I don't think that you would do that to me. Because that's breaking the rules. Oh my god, Autumn Willow? 
Oh my god. Can I get a hint? What would you like? Give me the text of the card, because I feel... Oh my god, I don't even... Yeah, sure, give me the text. Cannot be the target of spells or effects. For a oh, green... god. For a green, target player may target Autumn Willow with spells or effects until end of turn. Anybody can play that effect? Does not say that. Oh, God. I can give you the errated text, too, if you want it. Sure, yeah. Sure. Shroud, until yeah. end of, and then a green, until end of turn, Autumn Willow can be the target of spells or abilities controlled by target player as though they not have Oh, it's a target player. So, like, if it had Shroud, but then for a green, you can enchant it or something. Just for the turn. Yes. Oh, my God. It's got to be something stupid expensive, right? I don't know. It's probably like a five-mana one. Well, let's be very obvious. I do know, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you ass. Because you're looking at it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's got to be like a five-mana one. I guarantee it's stupid. Uh, that's a very green thing. So I'm going to say three green green. Is that your final answer, sir? Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Well, you would be correct. Not no way. Yeah, you fucked up. God damn it. It is yeah. actually four green. Oh my Three, god! Four four legendary creature. Well, it's from Homelands, which is funny that we had a second card from Homelands. Can I possibly get this fucking? Game? Well, there's only like three more of them, so. <laughs> but it is a summon legend. It is errated as legendary creature avatar. Fuck man. It's actually why I laughed that you had two home cards. Yeah, because you know what? I would have two Homelands. The fact, honestly, I'm gonna take it as a moral victory that I got something that close. You did get pretty close. Ooh, this next one's going to be rough. What is it? Seasoned Tactician. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. That kind of sounds like a white card, honestly. You tell me. Could be red, could be blue, could be green, could be black. Fuck, man. It could even be colorless. Seasoned Tactician. You know what's honestly super funny? I think this might be a popper card. Okay. Well, I mean, at this point, like, it's do or die, so I need to hint. Give me the text. Three colorless mana. Exile the top four cards of your library. The next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage. Oh my god, are you serious? What? <laughs> mill three? You do not mill three. You actually remove the top four cards of your library from the game. So you, so you exile four cards. You exile four cards. Exile a top four and then you prevent damage. Oh, this has got to be an old one. I'll give you a free hint. It's not new. <laughs> It's not from Eldraine. The wording of it did not 100% give that away. I'm actually reading the exact text from the card. So, the, so can I get a free one? Is the errated text uh, exile the top four cards of your library? Exile top four cards of your okay. library. The next time a source of deal damage to this turn, prevent that damage. It, I, it's, I mean, that sounds like an enchantment, right? Yeah, it seems. I mean, the exile, the exile the top cards means it's probably black. Or no, it's probably, it's blue, black, or white. That's my initial thought. And I'm leaning towards white because of the prevent damage, because there's no way a black spell would do that. And there's no way, I don't know, it's hard to say that a blue spell would do that, especially if it's an old card. Like, uh, preventing damage is almost exclusively green and white, but the fact that it exiles the top cards of your library makes me think it's only, it's it's got to be white. So it's an enchantment that does that. It's not going to be just one white. So it's going to be like, so it's it's exile top four, prevent the next, prevent damage that would be dealt. From the next source of your choice. From, so it's like target source of your choice. Yes. 
a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn. So prevent the damage target source would deal to you this turn. Yes. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so it's a white enchantment is what I've boiled it down to. And because you said it's old, uh, which means it's not new, because you said it's not new, which means it's old, uh, which means it's aggressively, or not aggressively costed, uh, poorly costed. So I don't know. It's either three white or two, or one white white. I don't know. I need an answer here, bruh. Two white. Two white seems Two colorless white or white Yeah, white? no, no, no. Two colorless and a white for an enchantment that does that. You, sir, are incorrect. Huh? Why? Fuck. What's the mana cost? Two white. You got oh, it. Oh, so I got it. Okay, yeah. fuck. <laughs> it, is, it is actually summon tactician, you fucking idiot. No, wait. It's a creature that does that? It's a 1-3 creature. Wow, that's actually really good for that era. What era? Okay, hold on. What era is it? Alliance. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, can you believe that Force of Will and that creature were printed in the same set? In the same set, yes. It's <laughs> funny. That makes you want to fucking shoot myself. That's why Force of Will was not broken in that format, because it's, okay, I'm going to waste two cards to counter that. Yeah, I'm going to wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me, for blue, or for uh, one life and another blue card in my hand, uh, you don't get your one three that mills you for four. <laughs> Oh, boy. Wow, that was a good one. That was a good one. I totally sniped that one. I, I 100% thought it was an enchantment. It does sound like a fucking enchantment. You've got to be fucking kidding me. What's the next one? It's another fucking homeland. You're kidding me. No. God damn it. Why is this happening to me? What is the odds? Do that math. Mm, I, uh, after I just did a little bit of math right there, it's one in a million. Yeah, well, it fucking happened. <laughs> this is your last one, too. What is it? This one is on Zarin. I'm going to spell this for you. Okay. A-N hyphen Z-E-R-R-I-N ruin. Oh, God damn it. Do I have do I have a hint left? You have one hint left. Uh, give it to me. I need, I need the text of that. There's no way. Choose a creature type. Creatures of that type do not untap during their controllers untap phase. Errated. When it enters the battlefield, choose creature type. Yes. Uh, creatures of the chosen type don't untap no during their control way. untap step. No way I know this card. Holy shit, I know this card. How? From Commander. Oh this my god. This card is in zero Commander decks. No, I know this card exactly from Commander because it's in tribal Commander decks because of, and I know it because of the art. Because the art is uh, like these green pillars with faces. Oh my god, I'm just trying to think. I know it's a red card. I know it's a red card because the art is so good with contrast. I want to say this art actually just sold like a month ago on the uh, the uh, uh, MTG art market uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook page. I actually think that's why I probably know it from. Why would that. a tribal deck play this card? Uh, because I think it's like... It, wait, th is the text... Uh, Target creature can't be blocked, or target creature can't attack? No, choose a creature type. Creatures of that type do not untap. Do not during, untap. During their controller's untap steps. Oh. And maybe it's not the tribal commander. It's it, Maybe it's like the group hug commander. I know I know this card. I know it's a red enchantment. I might be fabricating where I got it from, from at least the... Uh, I know I've seen it in decks, but I've only seen it in decks because this card recently, the art for this card was recently posted. Uh on mtg art mark i know it's a red enchantment because i know the art 
distinctly. And I know it has red, red in its mana cost, but I don't know if it's one in a red or two in a red. It's one of the two. Or one red, red, or two red. I'm waiting for you, sunshine. Oh, fuck. Because I know the art. The art is like these dumb fucking green pillars with their faces. Shit. I just know this art. Fuck, man. I think it's two in a red. Two in a red. My final answer. Final answer, two in a red? Sure. Uh, Fuck! Is it one in a red? Two red red. Or Yeah, that's what I meant. Two red red. Oh, that's what you meant. Yes. Yeah, you fuck after I tell you. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what I said before, right? No, you said two in a red. Well, I mean, but when I was initially talking about it. You fucking lost, you nerd. God damn it. I did say that I was talking about two red red. Am I right with the art? Yes. It's these fucking der- derpy looking pillars. Because it's an old, it's a, yeah, it's, what you said, it's Homelands? Yes. Do you want to know what the most expensive card in Homelands is? What isn't it, like Goblin Grenade or something? Not take Goblin. A f- take a fucking guess. I can't remember what it is. I should know this. Take a fucking guess. Oh, it's something. Is it him to Torok? No. What is it? Merchant Scroll. Oh, Merchant Scroll. Yes. I gotta love that card. I have Whiteboard Merchant. It's the worst thing you could ever told me. No, Whiteboard is the best. We know this already. Fuck. I definitely meant two in a red, but I will take the L because I spoke incorrectly. Yeah, you fucked up. I even asked you if that was your final answer. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. Because I was thinking, I'm 100% just, I'm just fixated on the art. Because I know exactly what the art is. Yeah, you got the art spot on. That's the only reason why I know it is because of the art. Because that card is garbage. Yeah, it's pretty bad. God damn it. Well, motherfucker. So I guess, uh, fuck, I lost. So, uh... (laughs) As so, customer around here, you get the you get the shout out, you fuck. Our shout out is Andrea, Andre, Biagi, Biagi. Yes. Sorry if, I, if I'm fucking that up, sorry. I mean, um, that's I think that's how I pronounce it. But he is on Twitter at Capolo. That is at K A P O L O. Yes, and he is one of our lovely partners in the very first round of the Content Creator Community Cup. Go fucking check him out. Yeah, he's, he's, on the he's one of the team. homies. He's on the fucking champs. Yeah, he, we, he is. We're the fucking champ champ. As far as I know, he is the best rugby player that I've ever met. Yeah. And I also have never met him. Well, I've actually met players, so I can't uh, well, say that. I've never met him, but I'm assuming he's a good player because he's a coach. Hey, if you can't do coach, if you can't coach, coach Jim. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> Just kidding. The age old adage. Way to fuck with people you don't know. But yeah, uh, he's, yeah he's one oh. of the members of our first team for the content creator community cup. Uh, he's been hanging out, just brewing decks with us. Uh, you can find him on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash uh, his Twitter handle. So K A P P O L O 42. Capolo. Yeah. There's, I was no, for- there's no 42 on his uh, Twitter. Twitter handle, oh. but there is on Twitch. Fucking some bitch throwing me a curveball. Yeah, but uh, he, nice enough guy. I've been interacting with him, and uh, his Twitch stream is going to be guaranteed to entertain. Uh, the one thing that I saw earlier is that he, uh, for tonight, was trying to find a list uh, for Legacy Delver with Oko in it, which, yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Hey, guess what? Pitches to Force of Will. It does pitch to Force of Will. He is a blue card. So anybody who's into awful brews of Magic the Gathering cards... And also Legacy uh, is friends with us. More so the awful person, less about the Legacy part, but yeah. Well, if you're if you're friends with Legacy, you're friends with me. And if you're friends with awful brews, you're friends with Matt. So collectively, you can be our friend. Word up. You're yeah, not that, wrong. That math checks out. Said I have to go. 
I hope she literally just walked through the door and said, "You got to tell him you tell Laura." Well, your wife is kicking you out, so <laughs> you have to you have to end this lovely episode of the podcast. Yes, sir. Well, dude, it's been a real one. It has been. It was, it was good. It was yeah. a good one. It was a quality one, but I will go let you spend time with me. Sounds good, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll think of you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, we will see you next week, nerds. Peace.